Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well. Good. Doing well. Good. And uh, we're up to our old tricks again. I hope you have a lot of good information <laughs> for our viewers. Of course, we have a lot of suggestions, uh, and that's about the best we can do under the circumstances. And every once in a while, one filters through. But we do get their attention at an occasion. That was more or less what I had to adapt to in Washington. <laughs> Didn't expect to turn the world upside down, but did hope I would leave one little impression here and there. And I, I guess in one sense, they say, I think there are more people who have been thinking about the Federal Reserve than they did 20, 20 years ago, yeah. and for good reason. And Many of more. course, <laughs> with the mess going on now, uh, they, they, they just have to get the proper blame. And that's what we want to deal with today, because uh, I want to start with uh, Biden and uh, a statement he made. I guess he gave a little speech here, tell the people he what's going to. on. <laughs> and um, he said, uh, there, there, there will be cost for Americans, people, you know, for what's going on here, here at home, as a result of my foreign policy decision. No, no joke. But <laughs> the thing is, uh, I, I want to quote is, is this little thing that Biden says: My administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices. That's good. Yeah. The prices are going up. People don't like it. It's bad politics. As I said last week, defending freedom will have costs for us as well as here at home. We need to be honest about that. <laughs> that finally, we've covered our bases. Biden is going to be honest with us, and maybe this will be epidemic, and all the politicians in the United States, Republicans and Democrats, will be giving us a straight scoop. And uh, I think uh, that would be something if that happened. But a little cynicism doesn't go very far. What we want to do is talk about some facts now because there, uh, there are some reasons why, in a way, he's calling attention to something. Yes, there is a cost yeah. <laughs> to what he's doing. And uh, actually, there are times when, uh, you know, the CPI was up, uh, you know, after he was in office for a month or two, and the Republicans said, see what happens? He, he made the prices go up. And that distracts from my arguments that the prices go up because Republicans and Democrats have been printing money like crazy for 10 years since the recession in 2008 and they continue they had QE and they continue to do it then they had all the all the other thing but the one thing that under these circumstances that uh, governments and politicians always need they need an enemy and we've dealt with that subject <coughs> many times got to get an enemy you got to get the people riled up and uh, in, in a way, in a way, they're they're doing that now. There was a little poll that I heard on the radio. They, they were talking about uh, who uh, who did uh, are the Russians committing uh, aggression, and um, you know you could have a little debate about that. They're in a country that uh, uh, most people thought were, was an independent country, but in, in 95% of our Americans off the street said, 
boy, yeah, he's he's the bad guy and he's the aggressor. But uh, it seems to me like uh, a little bit of history should be entered into that to find out really what what's going on. But uh, the way they that what they do is they are always looking for the enemy. They always seem to find one. The media cooperates. Republicans and Democrats work together. But you got to get the people angry at something. And they've been they've been pretty good at this because you know remember before uh, the uh, Iraq War and uh, going in Afghanistan, the, the polling showed Americans didn't want to. Yeah. But they they switched that attitude. But uh, you know before COVID, I was convinced that we were in. Um, in, in the beginning of a correction that had to occur as a result of all the inflation and the malinvestment and the debt. But all of a sudden, though, they didn't want to talk about that. So when they had COVID, they sort of, oh, there's something for yeah. us. So COVID became the enemy, not the Fed. And then it wasn't too long after that, after a couple of years, the people woke up and uh, and we're currently in a, in a position now where there's a different uh, top-notch uh, uh, enemy. So the COVID now is Putin. Putin's yeah. the enemy of the world. And uh, so they're pounding on him. But he'll, they have to plan for, he may be shrewd enough to, to avoid suffering from that propaganda. Mm -hmm. So already they've started, it's the emergency powers. We have to keep them. And all the countries like this. They want, and we have to keep them. We can't get rid of them. Canada, you know, is a bit of an example on this. But the United States is an example of this. Uh, we do have our ups and downs. We get a few freedoms back again. But basic war produces power, hungry politicians, and a loss of liberty. And uh, and but the, you have to have an enemy to get cooperation from the people. And right now they have uh, uh, some that are, some of the enemies are fading. But uh, really the top notch now is Putin. And also the <clears throat> the the need uh, the need for emergency powers. Yeah, his his little talk yesterday was pretty extraordinary. One because he's literally barely able to talk. I don't know what, what was wrong. Maybe he had some tooth problems. I couldn't understand him. He's very slow. But the thing that struck me, and this is why we're starting with this topic, was <laughs> this idea that inflation only started a couple weeks ago when this Ukraine crisis <laughs> yeah. heated up, right? Yeah. And put up that first clip, if you can, because this is exactly what you alluded to when we started, Dr. Paul. This is from the Daily Wire. Biden, there will be costs for Americans here at home as a result of my foreign policy decisions. And go to the next one. You've already read this, but I'm going to read it again because he says, we're using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses from rising prices and at the pump. And this is this. This is this reminds me of the Patriot Act, naming it the Patriot Act. <laughs> as I said last week, defending freedoms will have costs for us as well here at home. So if you don't approve of six dollar a gallon gas, Dr. Paul, you don't care about freedom. You don't think America should defend freedom in Ukraine. That's kind of a gamble if you think about it, because he's directly tying the prices that Americans pay at home, at the pump and at the store with his foreign policy of interventionism in Ukraine. We've never had that before. We've never had those linked in the minds of Americans by an administration. It was always sold to us as cost-free. They've even said, well, we're going to make money off this because in Syria we'll just take their oil. <laughs> They've never said you're going to pay a cost because of my foreign policy toward a certain country. Now this is, I think, a gamble because I think we may get to a point where Americans are saying, you know what, 
He told me that I'm paying six bucks a gallon for gas because we're saving Ukraine. But you know what? I don't really care about Ukraine. <laughs> I care about getting to work. So I think it's really a fascinating, fascinating thing that he did yesterday. I'm not sure it was the smartest move ever. You know, I think they have to ask a slightly different question or at least include uh, this in the <coughs> questioning of this because he's talking about costs and there are costs and he needs accuracy. He need, does need to tell the truth and we may need more truth on all, st- all the stats. I mean, how much fiction did we have to listen to over COVID? Yeah. How many, how much statistics, uh, how much, uh, uh, you know, fiction did we have to hear over uh, economic statistics? But he's talking about the cost. He calls attention to that. <coughs> but uh, we also have to say, are there any beneficiaries of, of war oh, yeah. and, and doing it? So I would say that that's an important question, too, because, you know, po- politicians benefit from it. There's been sayings. Uh, sometimes I'm not sure anybody's ever proven it. At least at, at the end, they don't benefit. But a lot of people believe politicians sort of depend on a little activity. I think that happened with uh, one of our Republican presidents. Yeah, yeah. You know, have a little war and the people have to come together under where we're being attacked. So you have to join, and uh, you, you know I think uh, I think when the Iraqi thing started, I think Bush's numbers went up to ninety oh, yeah, percent. Yeah. Well, his father, as well as uh, senior Bush, yeah. benefited Two. from yeah. that invasion there. Yeah. So the people like that, but it doesn't last. Mm-hmm. It's short-lived. It's sort of like they're drunk on it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the politicians have a desire to do it. But there's then there's the special interest groups. You have the lobbyists, the people in their always lobbying and figure you, you know they don't they want to even think about the money in the fed yes we pay lobbyists a lot of money but they take care of us they get us our food stamps for rich and poor yeah. and they go on and on so they're they're expected to be the uh, beneficiaries at the same time you already mentioned some of the people who are not getting their benefits and you know and they they have uh, uh, transportation problems and they and, and all of a sudden they have this price problem well where did this come from well I think Biden's been looking around for a cause, but I don't think he's convinced very many people that uh, he understands uh, where uh, price inflation comes from. Yeah. If the Republicans were smart, they would hang this on his neck like an albatross. What do we need to be over there stirring things up in Ukraine and what's going to cost us $6 a gallon gas? But they won't because they also love war. Well, here's the thing that I noticed that was pretty funny, Dr. Paul. So yesterday, well, you're paying more and inflation is there and we got problems in the economy, but it's all because of that Putin, how dare he invade his neighbor? Well, he was singing a different tune a couple months ago. Let's put up that next clip if we can. This is back in November. Oh, Putin, or Biden blames high U.S. inflation on COVID's effect on the supply chain. Well, that was a scapegoat then. And then do the next one. This is also in November. Um, Biden advisors say pandemic, not policies, are fueling inflation. So they were constantly looking for something to blame on this whole uh, on this whole thing and actually do the next one because this shows everything you need to know about the u.s mainstream media however this is cbs news yesterday they don't even question biden's assertion the u.s economy has been hit with increased gas prices inflation and supply chain issues due to the ukraine crisis talk about mouthpiece mouthpiece for the media but i wanted to mention a couple of things dr paul if i may about the speech too because there were a couple of very interesting things the first one You know, irony is definitely dead, I think. But here's what he said. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to its neighbors? Well, I seem to remember, (laughs) hey, 
the Golan Heights, when Trump said, no, this is part of Israel now, and Biden hasn't overturned that. Uh, what about Kosovo? That was part of Yugoslavia and then part of Serbia. The U.S. came in and bombed them to heck and said, no, no, we're going to change the name. We're going to carve this country. So it, it doesn't pass the laugh test if anyone knows history. But the other thing, Dr. Paul, because I think this is the biggest thing, this is something that he said in his speech yesterday because he was really taking credit. He said, because of Russia's actions, we've worked with Germany to assure that Nord Stream 2 will not, as I promised, will not move forward. Well, just today, uh, German e economy Mr. Uh, minister Robert Habeck said, the pause in Nord Stream 2, quote, does not mean it will never go into operation. <laughs> so immediately undermining that Biden said, we shut that thing down. The Germans say, well, not really. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I, I think it probably will get open someday, but, but in the next six months, the next six years, or who, when, when is that going to happen? But uh, it's amazing how they can build and tear down, and maybe that's part of their strategy. You know, like, like when they blow up uh, uh, F-35, they, you, you know, we sort of joke and yeah. we say, that won't bother them. They get another contract. Yeah, oh, they yeah. build us another one, you know, all of that. But back and back to this in, in inflation. He's complaining about the inflation. We have to do something about it. But what they don't admit is in, inflation is, is a tax. And I, uh, I remember answering a question during the debate. What, what is the most vicious tax of all? And I put it on the inflation tax because it's sinister. It's hidden. It's deception and all that because you know, spending doesn't matter. You spend what you want. You run up debt. Debt doesn't matter. And then you take it and you pr print the money. And the uh, and, and that takes some time. And then the real victims are sort of hidden. And the people uh, that suffer the most are the ones who are demanding more spending. Yeah. So they're really demanding uh, more more inflation. But uh, once again, there is a, a cost that has to be considered. To, and, and the one is this whole system I'm talking about. Uh, the dollars spent, and there, there will be, and they think they can do, do it without a, a, a real cost, any penalty at all. And, uh, but the other one, as far as I'm concerned, is where I put it right up on top. Because if we can deal with this one, we can solve all these other problems. And that is the sacrifice of liberty when we, when we defer to the government to take care of us, fight our wars, print our money, and, uh, and scare us to death and uh, convince, convince people that they have, wear, have to wear masks forever. And a lot of people are waking up on that. But there's yeah. still a lot of people who are absolutely obsessed with this. You know, and it's a, it's a real uh, problem that happened. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a loss of liberty and self-confidence and self-respect that happens with this. And uh, I've, I've been convinced uh, for as long as I can remember that if the whole thing comes down, and I hope I'm absolutely wrong on that, but we could get in really bad trouble. The one item we need is to be free people again living in a society where they have a decent sense of, of, of justice and not the kind of justice that occurs today, you know, where, where they can lock up people and they're talking about, that's why this whole thing about emergency powers yeah. scares me to death because uh, just think of how many people are sitting in prisons right now. They haven't even been able to talk to a judge. You know, I'm yeah. talking about January 6th. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's criminal in itself. 
So, but but any, anyway, um, uh, Biden uh, is uh, he gave he gave that wonderful speech that you sat through. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you it did. Was short, you thank you could tell me a little bit about yeah, it. It was short. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to just mention one other thing that I had noticed that I thought, and I sent it over to you earlier today. But the hysteria, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but the hysteria on the Drudge Report, if you can put this next one up, I mean, they love this stuff. It was just like uh, the COVID stuff. You can put that next clip up. Oh, these huge headlines. The ships are steaming. The ships are steaming. We're at war. They love it. But one thing that was under this that really caught my attention was that someone wrote an article, an op-ed in the New York Times, called Putin is making an historic mistake. Put that next one up if you can. This was on Drudge today, and I noticed it there. Putin is making an historic mistake. Guess who wrote it, Dr. Paul? Madeleine Albright. Madeleine Albright, of all people, she's the one, well, Secretary of State, who oversaw President Clinton bombing Yugoslavia to smithereens, bombing Serbia to smithereens, uh, a Serbia that did not threaten us, that had no interest in threatening us, bombed it to smithereens so they could carve off part of Serbia and call it Kosovo and make it a new country. And here she's attacking (laughs) Putin for recognizing a separatist part of Ukraine, that part of Ukraine who no longer wanted to be part of the country that the Americans installed a president in. So of all people who really should not be talking about this, Madeline killing a million babies was worth it, Albright should have just shut up. And by the way, after she destroyed Yugoslavia, her business went in there and made a bunch of money off oh, the misery of I the people. Though. That. So uh, that just struck me. Talk yeah. about, I don't know if the word's hypocrisy, but disgusting is probably a word you'd you use. Know, and the other item that needs to be dealt with, and we've talked about it, and there's some uh, chance that a positive thing will come of this, is dealing with NATO. Uh, maybe NATO will come out very, very weak, and uh, maybe it will disappear as a political force. But uh, NATO is, is used uh, such much, it doesn't defend us. Even when I was in high school and they talked about NATO uh, going, you know, helping out in Korea and things like that. I mean, that, that, that didn't happen. But it, they, you usually need at least one NATO country to just go in to get cover, you know, or endorsement, like Afghanistan. I mean, how many NATO people, and that was a NATO operation, but they, the NATO countries don't come in. But uh, that's, that, is, that's a, that is an organization we just don't need. We need to get rid of it. And, uh, and it, 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 we send money to it. But what we're buying from NATO in these countries is a bit of obedience. I just wonder whether uh, 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 Germany and a few European countries, they, they don't look at it from a defense position and what they have to do to be friendly with uh, maybe yeah. a neighbor and get along. What they, they do is they do what we tell them to do. And, uh, and uh, this, is, this is a bad system. NATO can go as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, they certainly haven't done much here, thankfully. But I guess we want to move on to our last sort of thing that we want to talk about. And we, we've been talking about Ukraine a lot today, uh, this week and for a couple of weeks because it's in the news. But the next clip, if you can put it up, and you had some thoughts on this. Ukraine has declared a state of emergency throughout the country. Uh, it says, this is from Zero Hedge, Ukraine's state of emergency bans mass gatherings could impose curfew. And you had uh, some thoughts on this one. 
yeah, this is this is the excuse. This is this is the real payment uh, and the loss that we do is the state of emergency. And that's uh, my supposition is is maybe we're moving in, and that'll be the main thing that goes we'll on uh, as they uh, running out of enemies to to deal with. And uh, and there, you know. Don't they already have a bit of emergencies uh-huh. there? But anyway, they they want to make it uh, make it official. But I would say uh, maybe um, maybe as they sit around in their planning quarters and they talk to Bill Gates and Soros and these others, well, we need a trial. Well, we need to plan long term, and we may deal with this COVID thing. We know it's not going to really work and all this kind of stuff, but we need to test test yeah. our facilities. But uh, that's what they might uh, th- that they might do on these emergencies. They say, who would have ever thought that so many Canadians would be arrested and their trucks taken and 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 sold without due process of law? I mean, it, it is this, it's a, this atmosphere, this state of emergency thing. So Canada is a terrible example. But, of course, what we report and talk about and encourage, this is good news. This, this isn't bad news that the truckers are out there. Yeah. yeah I would say there's probably a little bit of uh, civil disobedience there, but it's nonviolent. And they know that they're taking a, little, a bit of a risk right today. It's, it's, it's risky. I know doctors who just uh you know have a terrible time making the decision on whether they're going to get a booster shot they have to undo that what they believe in medicine in order to keep their job and take care of their kids i mean it's it's just terrible but the state of emergency is a big deal and uh, i hate to see when more comes because in a way don't we always live in a bit of a state of emergency? Yeah. You know, the Department of Justice, uh, uh, you know, has been around uh, a mess for a long time. And, of course, I date the real change in this whole attitude is November 22nd, 1963. Yeah. Because uh, you want to talk about a coup. Uh, and, and yet the, uh, the American people believe that's the case. But they don't seem to take it and look at it sequentially and where we are now. And why not question the events happening right today by the history available. But it, it's like uh, right now, though, it's the uh, events have turned against us. If you get on TV right now and you start talking about the Kennedy assassination and say, well, the, the evidence is of overwhelming that uh, uh, that uh, the CIA might have been involved. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's uh, that's look, looking looking for trouble. Oswald. Well, well, Oswald did it, but the majority, they don't accept that scenario. Yeah, well, they're getting skeptical. Well, I was going to close out if you think we're done. And and you mentioned the Canadians, and I do have a video clip uh, that you might want to listen to. But before we we cue that up, you know, you talk about the the terror, the the horrors of what's happened. I read a story yesterday, Dr. Paul, I think it was a single mother, and she gave $25 to help the truckers when it was legal. It was totally legal. But now they've gone and they've seized her bank accounts and she can't pay her rent, she can't feed her kids, and she can't pay for her energy bills. So that just shows what an authoritarian Trudeau is. But don't worry, he's going to fight authoritarianism. Let's cue this next clip and watch the whole clip. This is Trudeau. He emerged from hiding yesterday to make a speech. He's going to fight authoritarianism. Canada and our allies will defend democracy. We are taking these actions today 
to stand against authoritarianism. The people of Ukraine, like all people, must be free to determine their own future. We will continue working with our international partners to safeguard Ukraine's territorial integrity and prevent further Russian aggression. So this is the guy who just used obscene levels of violence against peaceful protesters in his own country. He has the gall to get up here and say, we're taking a stand against authoritarianism. We're going to put <laughs> sanctions on Russia. They just flip it around. You can't make it up. I mean, you know, they, uh, they reported a poll in the last 24 hours. It said uh, that uh, the majority of the Canadians wanted to continue. They may, did they have a vote in their uh, legislature body or, or what? But they're saying that, uh, you know, the people support it. But then again, what's the immediate thing that goes to my mind? Because, you know, I, I'm really suspicious of what governments say. Uh, let me see. Who did the poll? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. because it seems to me that a pretty good poll was looking at the truckers yeah. and how many people supported them. I mean, if there were, a, I don't know how many people were there. If there were a hundred thousand, uh, then there could be uh, another hundred thousand supporting them. You know, making sure they had gasoline and, f and food. But now it's punishment. They have to deal with it, and, and it, they have no, they have no conscience. They're they're sociopath. They have no sense of guilt. And, and do you think? Uh, uh, Trudeau would say, you know, I, I read that story. I didn't mean that. You know, I'm sorry about that. We, we just want to get to bad people. But anybody who disagrees with him is a bad person. <laughs> That's what happens in authoritarianism. Yeah. You can't disagree. I'm all done, Dr. Paul. That was my final... And once again, I want to thank our viewers for tuning in uh, today uh, to, to the Liberty Report. And uh, I'm very confident that there are some things happening that are very, very beneficial. At the same time, we've expressed a few problems that we still have. And still, as bad as it is with the threat against us and others on uh, the use of freedom of speech to get our ideas out, there still is a lot of information getting out. And uh, there's more competition, I think, coming for the Internet. So we will be prepared. And our most important thing that we can do immediately is find out and get the information to find the best uh, ability that we have to find out what the truth is and then be able to present it in the best way possible to get people to join us in our efforts to promote peace and prosperity. Please return to the Liberty Report soon.